Hi guys, we're your hosts Jillian and Kaylin, and this is Teach Me How to Adult, a podcast on all the things you never learned growing up, like how to buy a home, manage stress, crush your love life, land your dream job, and how to love yourself more, because we could all be a little kinder to ourselves. We're still figuring out how to get our shit together, so we're calling in the experts and the hustlers for some real talk and legit tips on how to live your best life. Adulting isn't easy, but we got you. Hi friends, welcome to this week's episode of Asking for a Friend, where we tackle your biggest questions and deep dive into the experiences that we are going through in our lives. So we have been covering Kaylin's journey as a new mom over the last few months. Mm -hmm. We've talked about pregnancy, we've talked about labor. I know we scared a few people with the labor episode, (laughs) but hey, we are here to speak the truth. We're keeping it real, guys. Keeping it real. But today we are diving into what the fuck that first year of postpartum is actually like. Thankfully, we have our resident expert, Kaylin, who can spill the tea on what to expect, all the highs and the lows, everything in between, because I think we need to normalize this stuff and, yeah. and equip people to know what it might be like. Well, yeah, 100%. And I wish I knew what I know now, because hindsight's twenty twenty, and it would have made everything a little easier knowing yeah. what Especially when, expect. like you, you were kind of the first of your of your group and your friends to go through it. Yeah, so. yeah. For anyone listening who they're kind of like the guinea pig first mom, <laughs> you just might truly have no idea what it's going to be like. So I still have no idea what today. I'm doing. So it's all good. We, we all figure it out as we go. But yes, it is. That is the thesis of this podcast. Yeah. No one knows what the fuck we're doing, but we just try our best. <laughs> 100%. Let's kick it off with the nitty gritty that I think we're all wondering, yes. which was what was the physical healing process like? You get out of the hospital, you're back at home. I've heard it takes people a few weeks I've heard it takes people a few months what was it like for you yeah and you've had like a a normal birth not a c-section so coming from that lens yes yeah so I and I had a pretty good birth so the healing process for me wasn't that bad but what I thought was kind of funny was so if you get an epidural you basically can't feel your body from your like mid back down so you kind of have to like learn to walk again which was kind of funny because you can't really you can't feel anything so for how long? I don't remember, dude. It was It's all a blur. But I remember like wobbling over to the washroom. And honestly, the, the biggest thing that scared me is someone said like, the hardest thing is going to be the first time you have to take a poop because like you have to like put pressure and strain and that's oh, like the last thing you want to do. But it, it actually, ladies, it wasn't that bad. You will be okay. I was just given Tylenol to take as my pain meds. And I was pretty like intense about taking it every four hours because I was terrified to feel the pain. So I didn't feel much. I did look down there, which a lot of people tell you not to do. And I understand Mm. why. Because it's shocking. It is shocking. It's like how soon after, like a week later or a month later? The next day. I looked the next (gasps) day. You're a masochist. (laughs) I know I'm fucked up, but I wanted to see. I wanted to see because like I know I would be curious, right? Like I was like, okay, what? I'd give it a few days probably, like, but but I would want to know what we're working with here. If I had had like fourth degree tearing or whatever the worst one was, I probably wouldn't have looked. But I looked, and it's basically a big vagina. Like it's just a. <laughs> <laughs> Kayla's like, I'm no doctor, but your vagina will look like a really big vagina. But it looked like a big I'm vagina. Yeah, well, dying. But it- I was picturing like a Venus flytrap situation. That's <laughs> that's pretty accurate. That's pretty accurate. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It's pretty much that's it. Yeah, like hot dog down a hallway situation. But it's okay. <laughs> that shit goes back. That shit goes yeah. back. She snaps right back. She's elastic. Be elastic. Nature's pocket. She's good. Life is plastic. It's elastic. 
fantastic. <laughs> so if you're worried about that, don't fret. She goes back. What was breastfeeding like? Was that, did you have any difficulties or was that yes. something that came naturally? No. Or I know it's a very divisive topic and it's very hard for a lot of people to make the decision. I know you were yo-yoing a bit what you wanted to do. I was super yo-yoing. I just didn't feel like a breastfeeding girly. I don't know. I I wasn't into it. My mom didn't breastfeed. Maybe that was an influence on me. But I was like, you know what? I'll try it. And I actually liked it. And Mia latched fine. So that was good. But the only problem is it you basically have to like callous your nipples. Like it takes time for your nipples to build up the strength of a baby like suckling on them the whole time. And that fucking hurts. It's like razor blades for like the first couple weeks but then once you power through and you break through that it's like it was it's fine it's like second yeah. nature but even still some people don't love it and that's okay I no. think there's so much fun. my mom said we massacred her like oh. that it was just a terrible like it was just br- br- truly painful and at that point you have to like yes of course it's good for the baby but formula is also great like it's modern yeah. day like we, we I'm a formula baby and I'm amazing oh, I'm a formula <laughs> baby too high five yeah we're good <laughs> we turned out great so you gotta Thriving. like a big first postpartum lesson is you have to listen to you because you're gonna be googling mm. things like crazy on the internet and it's gonna be like breast is best do it all for the baby but like if you're not okay and you're not loving it you have to listen to that that's a really good lesson but you were flexible you were open oh, to yeah. the process I think that's like a very difficult and important thing to do yeah because it's easy to get tied to one specific like outcome and you never know you were like I'm not breastfeeding yeah and then you were like I am absolutely breastfeeding yeah so you went you kind of went with the flow which is great that's probably one of my postpartum number one lessons is learning to go with the flow because I was very like in control of my life pre-baby I had my routines I knew what I wanted like to your point I was like I'm not gonna breastfeed like I had a vision of how I wanted things to go a lot of new moms try to have birth plans on how they want the birth to go and it's like truly the first lesson of of your life of like someone else is gonna run your life now like you have no fucking control you don't control when you sleep you don't control when you want to breastfeed like you are You are a true nightmare for anxiety riddled people. Exactly. <laughs> you are out of the fucking driver's seat. And that is a mind fuck. And it's also the same thing for your partner because they didn't birth the baby. So maybe they're not like per- mentally preparing as much as you are for how much life mm. is going to change. But all of a sudden they're responsible for the screaming human. They no longer yeah. have their downtime. They no longer like they're at your beck and call and the baby's beck and call. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's yeah. a mind fuck for everybody. So letting go is tip number one. I think a lot of people probably need to hear that. Yeah. Your life is obviously going to change, but that's what really makes you feel stressed out because you're all of a sudden yeah. you can't sleep when you want. You can't eat when you want. And you're just like, fuck, like how, how am I going to live like this for the rest of my life? But it does get better. I'm here to tell you that. Okay, good. So speaking of getting better or worse, what was the sleep situation like for those first few months? Ugh. Because I think that's one of the things that scares me the most. Yeah. Because I don't function when I don't sleep. Like I am unwell yeah. if I haven't slept. So what the fuck did you do? Okay. Well, the fact that you know that is good because I thought I was okay without sleep and it turns out I'm not. And most people aren't. I am not. So <laughs> no. It's, no, it's really hard. I'm not going to lie. It's hard because when you go to the hospital, again, depending on how your birth goes, like you're already not sleeping for like those 48 hours that you're there and you're exhausted. So then when you come home and you're totally alone with this baby, it just compounds. And it was actually the third day of having Mia that was the worst. It was when we got home 
and we were overtired. She, we couldn't figure out why she like wouldn't stop crying. But basically what happens is they're their wake windows or their sleep cycles are really short. So maybe they're sleeping the longest, like for 50 minutes. That's what Mia was. Oh, So you're not sleeping. And then it's it's not only that you're not sleeping. When they're up, you have to breastfeed. So you can't doze yeah. off because you've got this yeah thing on you. Like it is, it's exhausting. And they feed every like hour and a half, two to three hours. So oh you are God. just, you are a milk machine. Yeah, the sleep is not easy. I ended up buying a sleep course called Taking Care of Babies. I'll link it in the show notes. If anything, yeah. it didn't help her sleep longer, but it helped us get into a routine. And then we did sleep training at four months with Slumber and Shine. Phoebe changed my life. I will also link oh, her God. details. I could not recommend that more. I remember you telling me that you like you like things seemed to be going well and then all of a sudden you were like me as in a sleep regression nothing is okay nothing like, is okay it was horrible and we had just moved too so I was like so alone oh so Phoebe swooped in and it took about yeah. like a week and a half two weeks and Mia was sleeping 12 hours a night until wow. about 18 months and then they go through another sleep regression oh fun multiple sleep regressions yeah I think my whole life has been a sleep regression I know same <laughs> Same. Oh my God. So, what's the most surprising or like unexpected part of that first year with your baby? Okay. So, the cool thing is everyone's like, oh, your life changes so much. There's no love like it. But, like, there truly is no feeling like you have created your own family. When me, yeah. Gabe, and Mia and Rio are all in the bed together and just when she was so small and just was napping on me and we'd be resting, like I felt so whole and complete with that. And I think I used to get yeah. so much validation from like my job and how well I was doing externally to the world. And it was the first yeah. time that nothing outside of my heart mattered does that make sense mm, that's so nice like I had no yeah, Instagram didn't matter job didn't matter my parents validation yeah. didn't matter it was like as long as yeah. these people are happy and loved I'm happy it's being responsible yeah. for someone's life that really puts what matters into perspective well and just having that bond which is such a gift and I know people who go through severe postpartum can get like really robbed of that bond too yeah like, they don't get that like yes closeness and that like oh my god this is everything and I'm satisfied and I'm complete like they can get a really different experience so if you're able to have that like beautiful wholeness and bond early on that's really special that's a great point too because also for the partner it took Gabe some time to bond with Mia like now they're they love each other so much he's a yeah, yeah, yeah fabulous yeah. dad but like this thing is screaming at you for the first like oh, yeah. six months. Like it's really hard yeah. to bond with something like that when they're not really giving you any love back or like there's no smile for a while. So. Yeah, there's no interaction. Yeah. I think with men, and this is a generalization, but I, I do think it's based in biology. Like it takes longer for them to bond because obviously they didn't carry this baby to term. Yeah. And didn't have that bond that was happening that a mother got nine months to form. Yeah. And so... I notice with a lot of the men around me who have babies that like once that interaction starts and once they're like giggling and once it's they're like, like squeezing their over. hand and like getting a little chatty, like yeah. everything changes for them. Totally. But like the newborn baby stage, I think can be hard for the partner. Yeah. That was kind of surprising how much I bonded with her and how long it kind of took Gabe. And then the worst thing, now I'm okay with it, but I don't think I realized how much your life changes. Yeah. I didn't get the full memo and I would have appreciated that because 
you have, you truly have no more downtime. Like your life is this thing. And that took a long time for Gabe to realize too. And I think there was a bit of mourning that was happening of like, for sure. I missed being able to just go for a walk with Rio by myself. It wasn't until 18 months, like a year and a half, that Gabe and I started to feel like we were in a good groove again. And yes, our life is different, yeah. but this life now feels good and routine and we're in our yeah. normal. Yeah. And you've got daycare and you've got like... We've got daycare. We've got help. Yeah. It's so different for everyone because if you're getting a lot of help early on and like you, you move to a new place and so many things That's happen. True. So like That's true. I when I looked at my sister's first year it's like we were all taking turns so that they could have like taking care of the baby so that they could have some time and they could have breaks and they could sleep and they could go for date nights and so there was you know obviously still life completely changed but they had some breaks and I think that you had to do a lot on your own yeah it's it's different for everyone and your circumstances but yeah normally like back in the day, we've talked about this before. There's a village that takes care of your child. Like all the women yeah. are together. All the babies are together. Yeah. You're not just solo parenting. Grandmas are helping. Yeah. And neighbors are helping. And I yeah. It's so, so different now. That was really overwhelming. And I think if I relate it to work, like you have a really stressful week of work. Usually you come out of it and it ebbs and flows. There's up and downs. Yeah. But with a baby, it just can feel like it's like just a Never steep ends. downhill like fucking ski lift you know or ski hill for a long time like you're working in like months instead of days holy shit yeah i know (laughs) just gave me heart i know i'm just keeping it real guys this is my experience i don't know some people have a baby and their life is like incredible from the get-go but it it took us some time you got in a good groove you just you figure it out and you have to talk about how your relationship is going to change and that's a that's another big thing too so okay well let's talk about that like how did things yeah. in your marriage change in that first year like for better for worse what was it like so I think what we should have done early on is probably set roles for each other like I will handle the cleaning and the laundry you handle all the cooking like you should talk about who's doing what like chores literally yeah. it's not sexy but like have that discussion because otherwise you just fester and you get mad when someone hasn't done something like you kind of have to spell shit assumptions out assumptions are made resentment happens exactly yeah so yeah. that is a big thing. And then like obviously sex changes in your first yeah. year. At least it did for me. Like again, I was touched out. When you're breastfeeding, your yeah. boobs are no longer like a sexual thing because like they're full of milk. If you squeeze it, milk's going to come out. So like things are <laughs> different, you know? A different kind of squirting. <laughs> Literally a different kind of squirting. So it changes things a little bit, but you just, that sounds so lame and basic, but you ca- you have to work at it. You've got to talk about it. Like I would say yeah. like this, it, I don't like this anymore, like touching here, but like we can do other things. And yeah, that's the other thing too. If anyone's wondering about sex after a baby, it's totally normal and fine. I actually found it, it feels better. If I may say, I remember the first time that you guys finally like had a full bang after <laughs> after baby and you, and you were like, you were like almost giddy. It was really cute. And you're like, Jill. We finally had sex. And I was like, I'm so happy for you. I'm like, was it okay? And you're like, yeah, it was great. It was so fabulous. Even yeah. though like the frequency might have changed, it seemed like when it was happening, it was like really great. Yeah. So that's a that's a totally okay change. Totally okay change. And again, that will get back to normal when life regulates and your kid is more yeah. on a schedule or goes to daycare. So over communicating and like division of labor is key we we also moved into a house so there was actual like more physical labor to go around like we had gardening to do and all this yeah. sort of stuff and I think there was some resentment because I was just 
fully focused on Mia and I didn't have the capacity yeah. to do anything else. And then Gabe was feeling burnt out, carrying the burden of like cooking, cleaning, gardening, all the things. So yeah. once we talked about it, he started taking on more Mia. I took on more housework and everything got better. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Because he probably maybe felt also like he wasn't getting a chance to bond as yeah. much because he was having to carry the load in other areas. So that's good that you guys talked about it. And it was good for me to let go because I was very like controlling of how Mia needs to eat and there were ways that she would be bathed and I was very particular but you have a partner and they're gonna have ways that they want to do things too and you should let them. Gabe has taught me so much just by instinct that I would never have known like the way he puts her down at night is different than me and it's sometimes it, it works better than my strategy so yeah that was another thing of letting go like let your partner do what they want to do. I think that's really important. I know the instincts of a mama bear or I can only They're imagine. Strong. It's They're just strong. like I have made this thing <laughs> yeah. and I have literally kept them alive. So like this is how we're doing things. Yeah. Yeah. But I've just seen in everyone around me who has babies, the ones that seem to have it the most figured out are the ones that are truly a team that empower each other. Yeah. And that's that's a chat that needs to happen. And give yourself time. Like you're gonna be very yeah. overprotective in the beginning, but eventually let it go. So we've touched a bit on like the anxiety of that, you know, those first few months. But in general, how was your mental health postpartum? And do you have any advice for other new moms who are grappling yeah. with like the changes in their mental health in that first year? Yeah, it was it was hard. I had a lot of anxiety and definitely some depression. But again, my circumstance was I moved away from my support system. I felt really like lonely and isolated because I was the only one of my friends my close friends having a baby and as much as they reached out and they wanted to help it wasn't like I was actually alone people were trying yeah. to help but I just felt so disconnected from everyone and yeah. myself like you kind of go through this identity crisis like I was saying like you get, yes I remember that yeah I was like I don't know who I am I don't know what I like anymore like I felt so secure in my bond with Mia that was fine it was like who am I what's this next chapter of my life like it was really it was also really hard for me to see beyond my maternity leave. So I did a year and I was just so nervous about different stages, like getting Mia into daycare was was stressing yeah. me out. Like I, I don't know. I was all over the place. I definitely had some form of postpartum depression that happened later on that yeah. I didn't realize and didn't really tell anyone until, I don't know, maybe when I started sleeping again, I was like, oh. I almost think like a lot changed. I mean, this is really focused on the first year with baby, but like I... From the outside looking in, I feel like a lot changed when Mia went to daycare and you kind of started like getting back into work and it was almost like a recognition of like you were on the other side of that period and could look back and be like, wow. whoa, yeah, I was some of that okay. was really difficult <laughs> and I don't think I was okay. But That's it true. Took, you had to just like get through it and then you started talking about it, but it almost, I don't really remember you talking about it until after you'd kind of like passed the one year mark totally yeah it's hard because you're so like fight or flight and you just need to get yeah. through it when you're in it and then when you come up for air you're like oh wow that was actually really hard and like I said it's an identity crisis and I know that sounds scary but it's also like a very beautiful thing because it's a new chapter of your life and you're becoming a new version mm -hmm. of you and that's not something to be scared about I think it's something to lean into and embrace because I, I noticed like I cared about different things. I 
was a little bit more health conscious than I used to be when it came to things like drinking. Yeah. I became a little bit more sober curious, but I still drink. Like I'm not yeah. cutting that yeah, out. Yeah. You were just like not going out every weekend and getting wasted. <laughs> exactly. But and in, yeah. instead of like observing that and like unpacking it, I saw it as like, oh my God, I'm different. Like, what does this mean? I, I'm, I'm, yeah. And it like freaked me out instead of being like, oh, we're changing. Let's embrace this. That's a really good point, dude. That's a really good point. There's going to be a natural, like we call it an identity crisis, but it's only a crisis if you're like if you freaking make it out one. about it. If you make it one. Versus being like, ha, huh, look at me in a new era. What does this mean? Yeah. But that's hard to do while you're in it. I remember a very like distinct memory of like your first time going out after baby and you'd come over to my house and we were going out with our friend Jord and we were like referencing all of these like TikTok things and new songs and new things. And I just remember like you were panicking. Like you were just being like, guys, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like what's happening? Like why am I old? Like what's going on? I don't know anything. It wasn't even like funny. I could see like a bit of panic. I could see you being like, I'm disconnected from things that are going on. But obviously you were just like literally trying to sleep and feed a baby and stay alive. And like you're not, you didn't have time to engage in those things. But I could see it probably being one of the first times that you were like, Oh my God, things are different. Yeah. I think the the relatability piece was really big for me because just because my priorities or my interests had shifted, I took it as, oh, I can't relate to these people anymore in my life or the, yeah. the things they care about are not the things that I care about. So therefore we're going to drift apart. And it's what you were saying yeah. too. Like it only becomes a crisis when you let it become a crisis and you spiral into it instead of being like, oh, my single friends I can use like their experiences as an outlet to like understand what that life is like right now and and it's fun and it's exciting and like I can help them with their tinder date dramas like I don't have to look at it as like oh we're so different you need all different types of friends and experiences happening in your life not everyone has to be going through what you're going through you can all give each other something like your your single friend like Jill (laughs) might be really craving that like feeling of family and babies and like that might be a void for them that you can fill I was never closer to my sister than when she had her first baby and all of a sudden I was always visiting her always staying with her and like her children gave me so much joy and love and a a piece of my life that has been like the best of some of the best moments of my life and so it didn't create a divide between us it actually like bonded us way closer okay last question for you if you could go back and tell first month with baby Kalen anything what would it be so sleeping for sure and then asking for help that day three when we called my parents at 5 30 in the morning yeah. and said please come over and they came it was incredible all my friends I'm so glad you did that all my friends that came over and brought food so we didn't have to cook like all or even just hold Mia for me for a second yeah. like yeah. these little things make such a difference in people's lives so lean on the people that want to help and come over and see the baby it's not stressful who cares what the fuck you look like throw your hair in that mom bun Get your friends yeah. and family over. I'd be like, hey, great to see you. I'm going to go lie down. <laughs> yeah, they, won't, they would totally not care. But like, I think my mom vacuumed for me one day. Like, this oh, is so the nice. time to call in your, your village. Your village. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Oh, this makes me miss you and Mia so much. I know. Well, dude, this was really, really helpful. Thank you for sharing the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because we need it all. And it's all really, really important to just be aware of. So it's not scary. And so it's not a crisis. And so people know... The bad isn't as bad when you know it's coming and when you know it's normal. When you don't know it's coming, that's when it gets really, really scary. So prepare yourself, prepare your partner, 
Hopefully this helps. Yeah. Thanks for the great questions. Feel free to message me if you're feeling alone or you just want someone who's not in your circle to give you some yeah. advice or just be like, yep, same. I'm here for you. Validation is key. And if you have any other burning questions for us and you want to put us in the hot seat, just DM us at Teach Me How to Adult Media. We are always looking and answering the questions you send us. Yeah. And if you have been thinking about launching a podcast, but you aren't sure about where to start or how to grow, check out our consulting services at teachmehowtoadult.ca slash how to podcast. We can't wait to work with you. Woo! So there you have it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard today, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a comment or a rating. And we'd love it if you would share this with your friends by screenshotting the episode and sharing it on social by tagging at Teach Me How to Adult Podcast and DM us with any topics or guests you'd like to hear on the show. See you next time. Bye. Bye.